This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, I've, had a, I've had an interesting uh, uh, 12 or 24 hours, uh, basically. As I said at the start of the show, I've had a minor trouser disaster. Uh, I kind of only discovered it this morning, but it kind of took place last night. I was making tea last night, and it seems that I've got olive oil on my crotch. Two or three quite big dollops of olive oil, it seems. I don't know how it happened. I can't remember it happening at the time. But put it this way, it doesn't look great. And 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 I've put it on Twitter. There's quite a few of you using inverted commas, which kind of hurts on a Monday, to be honest with you. Uh, And I've I've been panicking a little bit as well because it's kind of ruined. Brand new pair of jeans, ruined with oil. It's like the worst thing you can get on anything, isn't it, oil? Last time that happened to me, I had a hot samosa, which sounds like a band. Uh, And then I was eating it and didn't realise that the oil was dripping out. Again, weirdly, onto my crotch. This is a recurring problem. Anyway, so I kind of lost my mind a little bit this morning. And my other half, Katie, turned to me and said that I need to put self-raising flour onto the actual stain to get rid of it. Hence this scary music, because that sounds like witchcraft as far as I'm concerned. So self-raising flour, does that get rid of stains like that? I don't, I've never heard that in a million years. Then other people have been getting involved. Uh, John Ferguson said to me on Twitter, sand can also work. I think it sucks it up, says John. Matty Paddock has suggested I put it out in the sunlight. Again, more witchcraft. So I thought, let's use this uh, a reverse for me in many ways for inspiration for this first hour of the show. Please tell me if you have any stories of what I would describe as alchemy, where if you've combined or used unusual ingredients to make something magical happen. Uh, this guy talking about sand, someone else saying sunlight, self-raising flour. Have you got a story where you've managed to do something magical like that? In other news, you might have seen this on my Twitter today. It's been a hell of a day for me so far. I have bought something off of Facebook Marketplace. You know I'm always on there. It's not one of them dolls, not a reborn. Don't worry about it. But I've bought, I've bought something off uh, Facebook Marketplace this morning for 12 quid from Rayleigh, which is 20 minutes down the road. So I had to get in the car to go to this place that I think is going to take the show to the next level this week. Flying solo this week because uh, Richie's on his holidays. But I think this is going to... You're going to absolutely love it. And it's going to take the show to the next level. Uh, ahead of the big unveiling of what's in the box at 5 o'clock, if you could have a little guess... Just as a diversion, 8, 12, 15. Let's see if you're right. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Talking about alchemy in this first hour of the show. So I've spilled oil, olive oil, on my jeans. And my other half, Katie, has told me to put self-raising flour on them to remove the stain. As we speak, uh, the crotch area of my jeans, caked in self-raising flour, is on the windowsill in our kitchen. I'll, I'll feedback later on whether it works or not, but it does sound like alchemy. If you use unusual ingredients to get an effect, I want to hear from you on the show this evening. Uh, Jeff in Gloucester says, My voodoo story involves my mother-in-law. My daughter had bad conjunctivitis, and we're at our wit's end. Uh, Mother-in-law said, Use cotton wool dipped in cold black tea, uh, and they never thought it would work. And in desperation, they did it, and it absolutely cured it instantly. What about that? Cotton wool dipped in cold black tea, that's good. This text says I use baking soda mixed with superglue to stick anything to anything if superglue won't work on its own. My mates do indeed think it's witchcraft. Right, we've got Sharon on the line. Uh, Sharon, what alchemy have you used recently? Oh, um, (laughs) what I do is um, I put um, uh, vinegar, right? just normal vinegar, on the stain, and then uh, some washing up liquid, scrub it together a bit, and then just throw it in the washing machine as normal, and it usually works, comes out. Have you ever heard of flour, self-raising flour, getting rid of a stain? Because that does sound like something you might have been ducked in the harbour uh, for back in the 1500s. Uh, I've not heard of that. 
Okay, that's cool. And yeah. you sound like you're a bit of a pro in terms of getting rid of stains. Is this a regular oh, occurrence? God, yeah, it's always down in front of me. Always. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> what, uh, what thing do you spill down yourself the most, Sharon, if you don't mind me asking such a personal question? Um, all my dinner. <laughs> Mainly your dinner? Mainly my dinner. I need a baby's bib. Fair enough. <laughs> we got into uncharted territory there. Do you know what you're having for tea this evening ahead of uh, maybe some stainage? Uh, no, not yet, but there's about to be something down the front tonight. <laughs> well, keep us posted. Good to speak to you. And you, thanks. <laughs> uh, what about this? Jim says, I used uh, graphite powder on a stiff lock. Now the key turns like it was brand new. Diaz says, my nan put egg white on my shoulder when I grazed it, when I was fell off my skateboard, and it actually made it worse. And I was seven, not 28. The plot thickens. Leanne says, milk apparently gets blood stains out. That's a little bit um, worrying there, Leanne. Thanks very much for that. We've got Aid on the line right now. Aid, tell us about your magic cleaning formula, my friend. Yeah, uh, what it is, uh, when you get a stainless steel hob, you right. cook and you spill water on it, or when you've done a bit of cooking, uh-huh. you wash it off, and it leaves a water stain. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Yeah. Use a little bit of baby oil, like say two pence worth, a circle and rub it with a bit of tissue paper all around this and it comes up like a brand new hob. Really? Now, how, how on earth have you got this kind of intel? Are you, are you involved in the catering industry? Is that how you know? No, I learned it off a family secret many years ago because my parents uh, and all my family were plumbers and gas fitters and everything and they taught these things to me so I use it every couple of days now. Wowee, so I could use this on my crotch? Probably. <laughs> don't want to don't 100% confirm that. That's entirely up to you. That is a good point. That probably should be the warning on the bottle. But you might have some in there. Do you know what I mean, AIDS? Like AIDS, you know, cooker cleaning baby oil. It's easier. Get yourself on Dragon's Den. Also, when yep. let's say you're cleaning your oven out with that oven pride stuff, uh-huh. if you use baby oil on the sides of the stainless steel, it'll stop it corroding. There's quite a strong baby oil theme running with a lot of your cleaning ideas, Adam. I'm going to be honest with you. Just the cooker. You're a really slippy Mrs. Hinch. <laughs> this is The Daily Takeaway. Uh, you guys have been guessing then uh, what is in this mystery box, something that I bought off Facebook Marketplace for 12 quid. It's going to take the show to the next level. Uh, Stu says, uh, fancy coffee machine, the Clooney one. Good product knowledge there, Stu? No. Rich Dawson says, is it one of those toasters that does an egg at the same time? What is this? Again, witchcraft of which you speak. Let me tell you this. The thing that was in the box was indeed a chocolate fountain machine. That got your attention, didn't it? I've been obsessed with chocolate fountain machines for ages. Because they're kind of the height of decadence, aren't they? I don't know what the right word is. Is that what you call it in the chocolate fountain community? If you're on the chocolate fountain Facebook group, do you call it a, a, a chocolate fountain machine? A CFM? Or do you call it like a fondue? But I mean, I remember back in the 80s, fondue was like a flat thing, one that you dip in with like sticks. But it's always like the height of decadence. I imagine you have a chocolate fountain. If you see that someone's had a chocolate fountain on Facebook, uh, you think they're doing all right themselves. Or maybe you're at a party that's thrown by like a duke or a count. Chocolate fountain. So I drove to Rayleigh uh, this morning. Took about 25 minutes with the girls because I saw one on Facebook Marketplace for 12 quid. And do you know what? I've just thought as well. I didn't haggle. I just said, all right, then I'll have that. I could have got it down to 10. Too late now. But as, as I was clipping it, I clipped it in with the seatbelt into the front passenger seat. Uh, Thea, our four-year-old, asked me word for word. She said, uh, Daddy, why are you doing this? It's a very good point. I said, it's for the radio programme, darling. It'll be worth it. 
and we'll, we'll see. Here's what I want to do. I don't want to just walk around telling people I've got a chocolate fountain. And I, I think chocolate in a chocolate fountain is kind of done to death. So here's the thing, right? It's time to do something else. It's time for change. Time to push boundaries. And you know this show does that. So what I want to do on Wednesday, I've informed the management here at Absu Radio that we're going to rebrand Wednesday's show as The Midweek Fountain, which, out of context, I agree is problematic. But what I'm going to do is this, with your help. I don't want to put chocolate through there because that's boring. What I want to do is put something non-chocolate through there and see if it works. And the sky really is the limit here. And I don't want you to just think about what goes into it. Think about the whole meal. And there's loads of other stuff you can put in there because as far as I can tell, I haven't had a look in it yet. I think you boil stuff up in the, in the bottom of it like a big kind of pressure cooker and then it kind of fires out the top like a geezer. And then you dip stuff underneath it. Why can't that be gravy? Listener Kevin says, gravy, cut up sausages and roast potatoes for dipping, even push the boat out and have sprouts and Yorkshire puds floating in there as well. Sounds divine, Kevin. Someone says custard, but no further details. Jimmy Banjo's taking it next level. He says, tomato passata, gorgonzola and a small bit of chorizo. Use bread or mozzarella sticks to dip. That's the kind of thing we want. Hi, my name is Mattia and my suggestion is custard fountain and cake pop dips for dessert. Great idea. Uh, Greg says, Bush, how about blancmange? I'm not even sure what it is, but it's got to be spectacular to behold. This is the kind of flight of fancy that we're after tonight on the show. We've got Nick on the line. Uh, Nick, what's your suggestion for a non-chocolate chocolate fountain thing? What are you saying? Oh, it's got to be Kerry, hasn't it? Curry? Kerry, think, think about it. If you want to go a bit of a mixture, go pull over to mild Kerry. Right. Parpadoms, Eddie and Bargy, little bit of chicken tikka, little bit Oof. of lamb on a skewers. Oof. She could she bit of naan bread then to mop it all up. Job then. It's a complete meal all on the fountain. I'm thinking Peshwari naan in triangles resting on the edge of the bottom rim of the actual uh, fondue machine here. It's, it's, it's working. I, the only thing is, are you mixing it up there? Aren't you Peshwari naan? It's got to be keema naan, hasn't it? No, no, no. I'm not having any of that. Peshwari naan is the king of the naans, Nick, and I haven't ah. got time to get into it with you this evening. We're, we're mixing up sweet and savoury here now. I don't know if I can go with this. Are you, are you pulling out your own idea? Is that what's going on? You're bailing out now? Uh, sorry, mate. We're going to have to differ on this one. It's got to be the Keemanan every time. All right, you, you get your own fondue machine and you do your Keemanan one and I'll do me Peshwari, all right? Sorry, sorry, mate. The way you're saying that there, I've got a feeling now you're going to be dipping that Peshwari in with your chocolate at the same time. That's outrageous. <laughs> Ask me. That's the way I roll, mate. Joanne says, sweet and sour sauce with chicken nuggets to dip. Sounds like bliss. Alan says, all he can see is a lager fountain. That's a great shout. We've got Lulu on the line. Lulu, you right? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Your destination is on the right. Oh, it's, sorry. It's just on the right, Lulu. Here. Just It's on the right-hand side. Just on the right. I found, I, I, and I found her now. It, so yay. Right. Hey, uh, let's have your suggestion then for this uh, chocolate fountain. What are you saying? Well, I did think it should be chip shot curry because chip shot curry's got to be hot. It's not good when it goes all soggy and horrid. That's good. Chip shot curry. Then, then I thought, you know, maybe sweet and sour sauce because sweet and sour sauce goes with everything. Yes. And then I thought nacho cheese sauce, because that stuff should never congeal, but it would just keep staying hot, wouldn't it? How good would that be? In the corner of your lounge, you're watching Saturday Night Takeaway that and Deck, and you've got that going on. <gasps> yeah. You don't even have to look at it. You can just lean over and just dunk stuff underneath it. Or just, you know, put your mouth there. Yeah, put your head underneath it. Yeah. Loving your work, Lulu. I uh, hope you get to your destination <laughs> safely. Thank you. I thank you very much. <laughs> Karen in Brighton says, cream of tomato soup with crusty bread garlic bread and cubes of feta cheese to dip it in a massive soup fountain what about that okay raquel what do you reckon uh, hot tea 
hot, hot tea, tea fountain. <laughs> a hot tea fountain. So how do we do that? We kind of brew up a load of tea, put it in the bottom. Yes, exactly. And then you have your your digested biscuits or your favourite biscuits, and you dunk them in. That's so good. I mean, that's how dunking should be, really. Communal dunking. Yeah, you can't get better British than that. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and Raquel, where, where are you from? Spain. Spain. Do they have anything like this in Spain? Do you, do you dip stuff like this in Spain? No. Well, we do more chocolate. You know, chocolate and churros. That's more like that. But if you're looking for something else, a part of hot chocolate... Uh, no, no, I can't think of anything, actually. Well, this is it. I mean, if this goes well, hot tea, maybe if we do choose hot tea and it goes well, Raquel, you can take it back to Spain and, and maybe, you know, like a be a trailblazer over there. What about that? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it would be like a ceremony. So everybody can sit down around and then enjoy their hot tea. Fantastic. And because I don't speak Spanish at all, I mean, could, could you do us a little, uh, you know, if you were to say in, in Spanish, uh, get your brand new hot tea machine from Absolute Radio and the Home Time Show. What would that sound like in Spanish? Oh, um, compra tu nueva fuente de té caliente. No te arrepentirás. Oh, I feel like I've missed my flight. <laughs> Good to speak to you, Raquel. Take care. Great idea. Bye-bye. Thank you. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. A proper parenting fail for me on Saturday that I just wanted to tell you about. Um, let, let me explain. I took my eldest daughter, Erin, to have her nails done. She's 13, she's a good kid, and do you know what? Amongst the chaos of... Obviously, got three kids, but the other two are like four and one years old, and they're both absolutely crazy. I feel kind of bad sometimes that, you know, me, me and her never get any kind of daddy-daughter time. Do you know what I mean? Like we used to do. So I took her to the local nail shop on Saturday afternoon, but I, I massively messed up. I was well out of my depth. I thought it was just fairly straightforward with with nails. She's just like, get your nails painted, don't you? Do you know what I mean? But it's not, it's more complicated than that. First of all, they asked me if she wanted extensions. Uh, no, she's fine. She'll never get back into school. And then they said like, I don't know what it was. I just kind of agreed to it. She sat down. She was there for ages, absolutely ages. I think they said they were going to do some gel on it, which I thought that's just what all nail painting is. But it's there for about half an hour or so. Uh, during that time, I was off my head on the fumes in that shop. I've never seen anything like it. I felt like I was almost in a trance. I'd have, agree- I'd have agreed with anything they said just because of the fumes. And at the end, um, she looked a little bit sheepish. She loved, she loved the nails and everything. She hadn't done kind of bright white. Um, I kind of paid a bit more than I thought it was going to be. Left the shop and she said uh, to me, Dad, I think that's actually a shellac. Uh, now, shellac are my favourite band with Steve Albini in it. Little did I think they'd ever come back and haunt me as like a nail mistake. But I think shellac, as far as I can tell, again, I'm a complete newbie in this, uh, you know, with a, a teenage daughter just getting into this kind of stuff. But I think shellac is the kind of permanent or semi-permanent nail stuff. So just a bit of parental advice needed, if possible. Uh, we've got Katie on the line. Katie, what do you... She's with an offer of help. Uh, Katie, what do you do? I'm a housewife. Okay, but you've got some intel on nails and that. Yes, how, how, so your daughter can get rid of everything without oh. having to cost you any money. Okay, because the vibe is at the moment that I'm going to have to book her back in for two weeks' time to get these nails that I accidentally get put on permanently taken off. Yeah, no, you don't have to. I used to do nails, and I do my own nails in the house, and I use shellac all the time. Okay, so first of all, then, what is, what is shellac? It's like a really like thick like stuff that sticks to your nail, right? Yeah, it's like a gel, so you need a primer. So it's, you put um, a primer on it, then you put the coats on, and then you've got to top it off. So it wow. kind of all gets in lots like a sandwich. Well, that's why we were there for ages. So what's it called yeah. when you just have your nails painted, normal stuff? Um, just just a, a manicure, really. Right, OK, it's quite confusing. They need a pamphlet, I think, for people like me. Do you know what I mean? They do. I agree. I can help you make one if you want. That'd be great. <laughs> a pamphlet would be fantastic. So what's the, the key then, Katie, to getting this stuff off then rather than paying to take it back? Right, OK, so what you need to do is just you need to get a nail file, 
Right. And you just need to, um, you need to, the surface of the nail just need to take the shine off. Uh-huh. Then um, you need normal nail varnish, which has acetone in it. Mm-hmm. Then you have to soak it in some cotton wool. Yep. Place it on the nail, on every nail bed. Okay. And then secure it in place with some tinfoil. Wow, put tinfoil on the end of your fingers. Yeah, so so you'll have so you'll have the the nail that's been unshined with the um, the buffer, yeah. Yeah. Then you'll have the cotton wool that's uh-huh. been soaked in the acid. It's got to have acetone in it. Yes. And then you will wrap the tinfoil around it to keep it in place, and then your daughter just sits there for about fifteen minutes. Wow, so it's like being back in the nail salon all over again. Yeah, but at least you don't have to sit there, and you're not having to pay anything. So you used to work? Did you used to work in a place like that? Okay. I did. I did. Yes. What about the fumes? Are the fumes were making me slightly off my head when I was in there. Well, I I used to work in um, in more like of a salon, which was massages and things like that. Okay. And it was actually overseas, so we had a nice air conditioning flow through the salon. Right. So I was lucky. You got lucky. Well, listen. Uh, hopefully, I'll get lucky when I try your manoeuvre on my daughter at some point this week when she gets bored of the nails. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank you very much. Take care. It's really nice to speak to you. I listen to you every night with my husband. I thought, thank you. Oh, bless you. It's lovely to speak to you. Have a good night, you guys. Take care. Bye. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.